I am excited to preach the Bible to you all this morning. We're uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. I'm kicking off a new series called Purple U. Now, I did look at the Urban Dictionary, and Purple U apparently is American slang for I love you. Uh, it's a slang word for I trust in you and I, I believe you. And I have discovered that love, and in particular God's love, is really at the heart of the matter. I want to read the very last verse of chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Uh, here's what the scriptures say. Earnestly desire greater gifts. And he said, yet I show you a more excellent way. So let's pray. Father, this morning we just thank you for the scriptures. I pray for ears to hear, eyes to see. God, give us insight into the things of God. Help our heart be sensitive to grow in you. And we just thank you for the way that you're leading and guiding us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Now, uh, I, I don't know how the memory came to me, but it was like my last year of high school, and I was in class with a rather infamous friend of mine named Matthew. And uh, I don't know, you know, I was teasing him. I, I think I might have called him like a loser in jest. You know, I was teasing him. And after class, some kid behind him, who was a new guy from Denver, kind of dressed like a thug, he came out of the classroom storming at me. My locker was right outside the wall there, and he dropped his bags, and he wanted to throw down. He said, you called me a loser, and, and I'm going to clean your clock. And I looked at him, and I was like, bro, I, I wasn't even talking to you. And, and you know, he, he didn't want to let it go. He, he kind of shoved me. He wanted to get my face. And again, I said, man, I apologize. I, I wasn't talking to you. And by that time, a crowd had gathered. You know, when there's a crowd of people around you, you feel like you got to do something. And I just said, listen, man, I'm sorry. I didn't say that about you. I don't want to fight you. And um, he walked away. I found a more excellent way out of that thing. Yeah, apology was a more excellent way than fight. Maybe he would have beat me up. Maybe I would have got him. I don't know. I'm a better fighter than you think I am. More... <laughs> this verse tells us that love is uh, a more excellent way. Love is the excellent way. Loving people is the excellent way. That's what the scripture said. That love is this way of excellence. Par excellence. It, you know, uh, since, since love is such a powerful thing, uh, this verse actually could be placed in the uh, chapter 13. You know, to the end of chapter 12, it could almost be in the beginning here of uh, the 13th chapter. Because, you know, the 13th chapter is about love. It's the famous love chapter. And, you know, he, he's going to tell us some really interesting things about love. He's going to say that you can be very gifted person. He's going to say you can even be self-sacrificial, all and out, truly amazing. But if you don't have love, he's really not impressed. That's what the writer is going to say. That without love, you're just really a noisy person. And chapter 13, he kind of defines for us and gives the characteristics of what love looks like, what it is. I mean, love is patient and love is kind with clownish people that annoy you. And I think the reason why love is so excellent is the 8th verse of chapter 13 says that love never fails. Man, that's what makes love effective. It does not fail. It never fails to do things like discern truth. Now, when I was that rebellious high school kid, I remember I had this mother who would come down to my room late at night, want to have like deep discussions about things. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to get through school, party and have fun. And, and my mom was always down there just wanting to see how I was doing. She didn't come rebuke me. She just came to relate. I never forgot that. Love did not fail in that situation. Love never fails. Love never fails to forgive people. 
And when you have a family with little three-year-olds fighting at each other over the clicker, people got to learn how to forgive each other. It never fails. Love never fails. Uh, the scripture in uh, the Song of Songs says that love is as strong as death. That's quite a statement. It tells us that there's so much passion in love that it's a very unifying, strengthening force. Next week is one of my favorite days of the year. I'm talking about this Super Bowl. And I do remember a dude named Ray Lewis playing for the Baltimore Ravens. He was given an amazing pregame speech to his players. And he said, we're going to win the game today because we love each other. And I thought, man, that, that was amazing. Love is the reason we're going to win the game. There's something about passion and that brings you together. It's something that works in your heart. Now, jump down with me to chapter 13 and verse 13. I want to read this uh, 13th verse of chapter 13. It, the scripture says that now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. That's always intrigued me. Why is it that love is the greatest thing that's mentioned right here? And what I want to highlight for us today is the way that love distinguishes itself. How love distinguishes itself. How does love set itself apart? For one, we could say in the book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, it says that faith works by love. And so if you're going to have a strong faith and relationship with God, love plays a central role in that. And the love of God, again, it's that powerful, forceful thing. So chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, they're all kind of one train of thought that Paul is emphasizing. And I'm just going to work through some of the chapters here. I'd like you to go with me to chapter 12 and verse number 12, maybe a page back in your Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. It tells us this, that as the body is one and has many members. So, you know, uh, he's talking here about your physical body. Like, you know, it's got all these parts, your fingers, your, your hands, you know, your eyes, your nose hairs. It's got all these parts to it. But he said that the, the members of that body, uh, being many, are one body. And then he likens it to Christ. So it's that way with Christ. It's, it's that way with church. The first thing that I, I would tell you that really dis distinguishes love and sets it apart is that love appreciates diversity. Got a lot of moving parts in a body. And I, I think love is one of those things that respects, appreciates variety. You know, I like variety. I like seasons. I, I'm having a great time in January. This is one of the best Januarys we've had. A little bit of snow. Well, now it's actually February. It was so good it moved on quickly. Praise God. <laughs> and, and so, you know, in the winter, I think about summer. In summer, I think about winter. In summer, I like to go to Baskin Robbins. And I just about always get butter pecan ice cream. But on occasion, if they have lemon ice cream at Baskin Robbins, I'm all about that lemon ice cream. I like a little variety. I, 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 uh, love is one of those things that it's got a lot of variety to it. Now, he's talking here uh, about Christ. He's talking here about the body of Christ. He's talking here about churches. You know one of my favorite things about church? It is the wide variety of people who come from different social, uh, economic, and ethnic backgrounds. And I love how the Bible says in the book of Revelation that heaven is going to be comprised of people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, like the Maasai tribe, <laughs> and, and like people from Montana. And I just, I just love its diversity. See, uh, the reason love appreciates diversity is because it recognizes that different life. It actually uh, brings things to the table. See, different people have different skill sets. D different parts of your body, your feet are different than your hands. They allow you to do different things. And I don't know if you've been to the women's bathroom lately, but, you know, we got that place decorated finally after five years. 
Because we had a lady show up from California who said this ain't going to work. We got to get some stuff in here. If you had left the bathroom to Daniel and David and myself, it would still have dust in it and barely be clean. I'm just telling you, that strengthens a church when people bring different skill sets to the table. Love is one of those things that uh, it helps diversity because diversity is something that protects you. It's a protective thing. That's why if you've got uh, an investment portfolio, they're going to tell you to diversify, diversification. You, know, you should have some money in the stock market. You want to have maybe have some diversity in bonds or the real estate. And what that does is it allows you protection in case there's a problem. Now, I think that's kind of like the advice that people give you. Because sometimes you have blind spots and a loving person is able to tell you, I think this might be the wrong direction. And I've had people who have loved me enough to strengthen me and protect me by telling me the truth. Now, love is, is amazing in, in this particular chapter because this chapter is dealing, chapter 12, with spiritual gifts. And there, there is a diversity in spiritual gifts. The first you know, nine verses talk about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. He gets into those types of things. And the end of the chapter, chapter 12, he's going to talk about people in different ministry offices. Apostles, prophets, he's going to talk about teachers. He mentions the gifts of helps and administrative helps. You know, Pastor Daniel has one of the strongest administrative gifts I have ever seen. That's a real gift. Sometimes it's underappreciated. I was with a friend of mine, dear friend of mine, and she was asking me how spiritual gifts operate in my life. And I said, well, uh, a lot of times I will get dreams... And the dream will give me an outline from the Bible about what to preach. And she said, that's the most strange, bizarre thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I don't know how to explain that. It's just the gift God gave me. The thing you got to do is just be who you are with the gift that he has given to you. Now, Bishop Aludi here is a legit apostle. The man has planted a thousand churches across Africa and counting. I mean, that ain't every day you come across that. Now, we had him here on Thursday. And I had him lay hands on me, and it was the strangest thing. I could feel apostolic authority, something I had not sensed before, and it just sent shivers down my spine because it was just that, that, that it was like, uh, you know, J uh, Jacob, when he was laying hands on Joseph's children. I mean, the blessing of the Lord and the depth that was there. I thought, man, that was a touch from the Lord I had in my heart. So love appreciates diversity, and we should understand that, appreciate, be grateful for different people and different skill sets in your in, in your life. Let's talk about a second uh, thing here. Jump down to verse 25. Chapter 12, verse 25. Uh, here's what he said. That there should be no schism. Somebody say schism. schism. It's a word that means division or divisiveness. No schism in the body. But he said that members should have the same care for one another. I think this is one of the greatest distinguishing marks of love. And it's that love is not divisive. Love is not a divisive force. You know, division, a schism, uh, that often comes because of a difference of opinion. And, and so people separate from one another. In chapter 13 and verse 5, it tells us that love does not behave rudely. And I've met people who get so strong in their opinions that they become rude. They get very dogmatic about it. And, and so there are people I know, the people, things where people can get divided over something. You know, that the most mature people I know, the people who love God the most, the people who have a great relationship with God, are some of the most loving people. They're not divisive. 
They're not trying to tear you down. They're not trying to talk behind your back. They're not trying to manipulate you or say something that's going to weaken you. What they're there to do is strengthen, help, love, and build people up. I've, I've met people who love God, and they're always encouraging and, and exhorting and, and wonderful people. They'll, they'll tell you the truth, though. See, lo- love is not divisive, but love is truthful. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 tells us to speak the truth in love. You know, there's a difference between an opinion and sin. So if someone has a different opinion about something, that, that just might be something you like or don't like. But sin, by its very nature, demands a confrontation. Now, I remember when I was you know, a rebellious teenager, and I was like uh, roommates across the hallway with my grandma, who was like in her 70s then. Grandma's 98 this year. That's amazing. And grandma knew I wasn't walking with God. And she pulled me out in the hallway, and she said, boy... I know you're in sin and not right with Jesus, and you better get right with him because hell is hot and you're going to pay a price for it. And I, I remember she spoke it in love, and it made me feel convicted, but I was not condemned. And, and, and so love was truthful. She wasn't being divisive. She was being truthful and honest. So love is not a divisive thing. Love is one of those things that is honoring. Look at verse 26. He said that if one member is suffering, then all the members of, of, of your body, of your, he's talking here about a church family, can suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members can rejoice with it. I like you know, Romans 12, verse 12. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. What I found is it takes more grace, more maturity, and more love to rejoice with someone who's rejoicing than it takes to weep with someone who's weeping. Because people who are weeping, it's easy to get there and feel bad for them. But when they get something better than you, that is when it's difficult to honor somebody. Now, I saw this play out you know, many years ago because you know, we'd gotten to a point at the church about the building. We need to hire somebody. We've we got to have a building staff. You've got to have people there. So we were going to hire uh, my Pastor Daniel. And he had a situation at work where he was caught up. He wasn't quite ready to, to go. Pastor David, he was ready to step in. He wanted to get hired. But they found out they were pregnant with kid number four. Oops, number four is what I call him. And David had to kind of take, a, take a, uh, a step back, and Daniel ended up getting hired. And I'll never forget how David handled that, because he was honoring, he was appreciative. And, and I thought that demonstrated a great level of maturity and love. When someone gets something you want, but you honor them, that is the love of God. Love is not a divisive thing. Love is a unifying thing. You know, when we get over into differences of opinions, one of the areas people divide over in opinions is things like doctrine. And I've had people come through with some strange doctrine. I had a guy one time who did not believe in the Trinity, and he kind of wanted to push that around. Now, you, you can tell me all you want about it. I am a Trinitarian. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think that's all over the Scripture. So I just wasn't going down that rabbit trail. And, and I've had friends who have different opinions about theology, and, and they've told me, they enjoy talking to me because I could talk about it rationally without getting upset. I've studied some of the subjects, and we have cordial conversation. That's a wonderful thing. When we had some revival nights here with my friend Ted, he's been doing traveling all over America for years. And, you know, we had another church, New Life Church, that was leading worship one of the nights. And he said, in all the years I've been doing worship, I have never seen another church come out to one of my meetings and join with the other church. Thought that was the most incredible thing. Man, that's something to be a proud of and appreciate. That's love at work. When it's a unifying force, and people love it when there's unity. So that's what love will do. It, it, 
It's not divisive. Now, number three here. Jump on down to chapter 14. Let me read verse number one. Uh, He said, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Let's just stop with the first phrase. Pursue love. Let, Let me give you what the Lord just dropped in my heart this week about love. The third thing I would say that distinguishes love, sets it apart, is that love is a decision. If you're going to pursue it, if you're going to go after it, if you're going to operate in it and walk in it, that's going to be a decision. That's a choice that you make. And I love how Moses in Deuteronomy said that you know, life and death and blessing and cursing are set before you can choose life. Joshua said, you know, uh, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a choice he made. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to help try to save you a lot of money in therapy sessions. I'm going to give you some pastoral counseling 101. Love is a decision. It's not an emotion. But the problem is we got a whole society today that equates love and truth with emotion and how they feel. We were having legacy nights with the teenagers and I was in the groups with them, and one of them was telling me that they got these people called furries now. You ever seen these people? They got onesies they wear to school dressed up like animals because that's their identity. You know, no matter how hard you try to identify, you're never going to be a 63-year-old moose. Did you know that? <laughs> Ain't going to happen. And, and because we got a bunch of soft people who can't process emotions and, and think that that's like truth, you got a society adrift today. And that's not truth. That's an emotion running wild. And I'm just here to tell you that loving people is a choice you make. It's a decision. I am going to love my wife. Hey, you know, we got a marriage conference coming up. Did you know that? (laughs) So that's taking place Friday night, 6.30, Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. And Elizabeth and I believe in this because we want our marriage to be strengthened. Now, if you can make Friday night but not Saturday morning, that's fine. We'll take you. And if you can take Saturday morning but not Friday, that's fine too. And we are charging 25 bucks. You can make it out to the church. We just do that because we're covering food. And if you don't have 25 bucks and you want to come, we will still take you because we believe in it that much. Uh, there's a sign up out there in the foyer. And we like to get the head count today so we can you know, know who's coming. But it's going to be a great time. These are things that help you learn how to love your wife. And that is a decision. I've made a decision that even when Elizabeth eats the chocolate and hides it from me, I'm going to love her. Mm-hmm. She's sheepish and out the door back there. I see. I know what you do. No. Uh, I've decided to love the brethren. I have an African bishop today, and he told me that in Africa, Jesus is amazing. And he said, that's what keeps us together is we love each other because we're, we're, we're all part of the kingdom of God together. In Africa, in Asia, as he was saying, the gospel is preached all over the world, and There's something about the love that we have for other believers that is a real thing. It's a decision. I have made a decision that I'm going to love people. I'm going to love the brothers. And by the way, I can love people I disagree with. That's a choice. I can pray for my enemies. You know, America right now is in such a divided place. Bishop was sharing a little about that. Think about how divided we are as a nation. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And it's like you got a news media that is lying about things all the time because their strategy is to weaken you and divide people apart. That's, what, that's how they play the game. And so you got people who are divided, and the antidote for this is that we need to learn how to love each other. You can pray for your enemies. Now, I, I look at like the current government administration, and they, they, they make me scratch my head. I don't know what these guys are doing sometimes. 
And instead of getting angry about it and getting swearing mites with your neighbors, maybe you ought to just pray for them. That's what I'd, I If anyone needed prayer, it's President Joe Biden. Now, I remember one time I was working the docks at a, at a job I had, and a FedEx driver would come. His name was Jeffrey. Jeffrey was one of those people who loved to talk politics, and he had a very different political leaning than me. But we'd talk about it, and I'd tell him what I thought, and then he told me before I quit to come over here. He said, you know, uh, I like talking to you because you can stay calm about it and talk about it and respect me and listen to me. And what that is is love at work. It's a decision you can make to keep your calm and love people even when they annoy you. That's the love of God, and it's your choice. Think about this. Romans chapter 5 says that the love of God has been put in your heart by the Holy Spirit already. When you got born again and saved, that love is in your heart already. And what it all takes is for you to exercise it. It just takes for you to make decisions, and I'm going to love people, I'm going to forgive people. That is a decision to pursue it. That's what you need in your marriage, in your family, in your life. That simple decision. Now, number four. Uh, I'm in this same verse. Chapter 14, verse 1. He said, pursue love, and then he tells us to desire spiritual gifts. Back in verse 31 of chapter 12, he said, desire the greater gifts. So he's talking here about spiritual gifts. He said, especially that you may prophesy. Now, let, let me give you this fourth thing I want to say. And it's that love is what we call a doorway into spiritual gifts. Uh, it's interesting to me, the placement of these verses. Because we got, you know, in chapter 12, spiritual gifts. He concludes chapter 12 by telling you there's a more excellent way of operating. Chapter 13, he starts getting into how the love of God operates. In chapter 14, he's going to start talking about how gifts need to be done with order, how, how they should operate. I found that it, you can have disorder sometimes, but if you've got the love of God, it's easy to bring order to situations. Because you've got people who will talk and forgive and work through things. Now, the, the Greek word for gift is the word charis. It's where, it's where we get the word grace. And what this gift is, is this internal unction. It's a quickening. It's an internal something that takes place inside of you. In chapter 12, at the beginning of the chapter, he talks about the manifestation of a gift. And that word means a, like a flash of light. Like it, it's an inspiration that takes place on the inside of you. Now, what's interesting is he tells us in this verse that you should desire spiritual gifts and that you should prophesy. So when people think about prophecy, they think about like, you know, foretelling the future. And honestly, that's probably a misuse of the gift. What the word literally means is that you speak under inspiration. Maybe you just saw something and you got inspired and you sensed the Holy Spirit and it came out. And he's going to define for us exactly how that should look in verse 3. He said, he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort among men. I mean, it's not, you know, foretelling what the Supreme Court is going to do in certain situations. It's really an inspiration that might happen so you can be a blessing in the life of somebody else. And it works through love. The agape love of God is like an access point. It's like a doorway for these things to take place. Now, love isn't the only way that gifts operate. Sometimes it requires boldness on your part to step out into something. And I've had that happen because, you know, I might be inspired, but I'm timid. I don't know exactly how I should, you know, minister to someone, and I just have to step out in faith with a little boldness. And I found the Holy Spirit is often right there to back me up on something. And, and that, that's just part of the way it works. But love creates an environment. 
Whenever you've got the love of God working, spiritual gifts come easy. You don't got to strive for it. You don't got to work at it. And, and I'll tell you, this happens to me more often than not in hallways. When I'm back talking to people, it happened this morning. I was praying at the sound booth. It, it, it just, it's just, boom, there might be his love in motion to set something up for somebody. So let's talk about what love does with spiritual gifts. What, what love will do is it will open your heart to see the needs that are around you. It's an interesting thing that Jesus was moved with compassion. And everywhere he went, that's what it says, he would heal the sick. Compassion in his heart was a trigger that just want, he, he wanted to, to bless people. Have you ever been to Walmart and seen somebody who's in a wheelchair or a kid that's sick with some kind of disease and your heart breaks? That is called compassion. And, and that's the love of God. There's something in you that just, oh, man. You know, and, and Bishop was telling the story when he started in Africa that children came and said, Bishop, feed me. Didn't have any food. You know, my kids eat whatever they want. They're not hungry for, they don't even want to eat some of the stuff we give them anymore. I tell them about Africa and India. I'm like, <laughs> compassion gets a person moving. And I believe that, you know, the working of miracles, the gifts of healing, uh, the gift of giving comes because of love. When you feel that internal sense of compassion, it moves you to something. The love of God will sharpen your discernment. It opens up your eyes to see in the Spirit and your ears to hear what the Lord is saying to churches. Uh, His love. There's a great verse in the book of Philippians chapter 1. And it tells us that he prayed that your love would abound more and more in spiritual discernment. Man, like when you look at situations through the the lens of love, your discernment gets to be like 20-20. And I, I, people get confused. They think that the gift of discerning of spirits is really, you know, you've been critical and trying to figure out what's going on and judging other people. And I'm just telling you, that misses it totally. When you're looking through love, you can see truth. You can identify problems. It helps you really discern what's taking place. It gives you a position of authority to speak into someone's life. Man, we had some revival nights out. And I had a woman who got offended. She emailed us. She said that the man who's preaching is full of witchcraft. Witchcraft. I emailed my buddy's wife. I said, hey, you know, someone accused you of being witch doctors. She said, I've heard a lot of things. I've never heard that one. (laughs) So I I wrote back cordially, uh, but I was praying about it. And instead of getting angry and offended about it, you know, I thought about it. I thought that there's probably a wound, a hurt, a pain, a rejection in a person's heart. And when you've got pains, wounds, when those things, it's hard for love to operate. You've got to be, if you're walking in love, you can see clearly in people's lives what's driving them. And it doesn't mean that you get to be angry about it. It just means that love gives you a place to minister, touch, and help people. See, the love of God sharpens not just your discernment, but your spiritual senses. That's Hebrews chapter 5. And your senses need to be exercised. So when there's a closeness with Jesus, man, when you spent time with him like the disciples did, when, when you're in the scriptures, when, when you have the opportunity to love other people, these gifts will begin to operate work in your life. Man, I, I'm just telling you, the love is the most amazing thing. It sets itself apart from other things. Love, love is a great thing. Lo, love is wonderful. It's the way of excellence, and it will keep you out of fights. Come on, somebody. That's how you can avoid getting in fights. Well, let me ask you this morning about your love life. And I want to invite the worship team to come back. What about your love life today? Uh, How's it doing? 
do you do you love people? Do you appreciate diversity? Or do you bring to by people? I know sometimes people, it's like they can't appreciate the gifts that other people bring to the table because they're either judging them too much or they're so focused on what they're doing that they look beyond it. And I don't know, maybe today there's something in you that needs to have eyes that are open to respect and appreciate the skill set, the gifts that other people bring to the table. Yeah. Or maybe it you know, would have to do with having the maturity to discern what's taking place in someone's life. Maybe, maybe it's just time for you to grow up and, and walk it, make that decision. I'm going to love them even when I don't feel like it. Even if, even if I'm annoyed, I'm going to love somebody. That's a decision. We can pray for you all we want, but you have to make that choice. Maybe this morning you feel like there's spiritual gifts that need to be activated in your life. And if you'll just make that choice to walk in love, they'll come alive. Because I'm telling you, one of the things I discover about people is they want to operate in gifts. They don't always know what they are. And I've specifically felt impressed this morning to pray for spiritual gifts. I, I don't do this often. But I wanted to pray for you for those gifts and the callings of God to, be, to come alive in your heart. I wanted to pray that, that we'd have an environment in this church where the love of God is tangible and real and people can freely operate in gifts and walking. Now, uh, you know, I'd like you to stand up with me this morning. We have a, a man here from Africa and I want to take an offering for him. So there are two offering boxes in the back. You can make your check out to Bethany Billings. And everything is going, for, if you mark it for Bishop Aludi, make a check out to Bethany Billings. You can write on there, it's for IEO, Bishop Aludi. We're going to make everything we can go to Africa. I'm expecting a great, great offering for him. But um, we, I wanted to just give us the time here. If you want to pray for certain spiritual gifts to operate in your life, I'd like to make room for that. And I'd like to invite our, our altar workers uh, to come down. If I could get uh, Paul and, and Adam and Bill and Sean. And Bishop, would you come pray with people? And maybe you've got some gifts that are untapped. Maybe the gift of uh, miracles and, and prophecy. And maybe these things are um, working in your heart. And, and yet you don't know how to do it. I, I want to pray over that. Yeah. And you know, before I do, I did want to do one thing. Is, is we're in an environment right here. Now, Fontes, I was praying for you this week, yesterday. And I, I had this impression to tell you this. I felt like that the Lord has used you as an encourager. Remember I read here uh, edification, exhortation, and comfort. And I feel like God is going to give you more influence with young men in this next days ahead of your life than you've ever had before. Because I know you coach and do things like that. But I feel like that your greatest, most influential time is just ahead of you as your son grows. God's going to give you amazing platforms in the lives of young men. Can we reach a hand out in prayer for this morning? Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for the gifts, the call, the grace of God you put in his heart, that he has words and season for people. And Lord, I just thank you. You're going to use them in unique, dynamic ways to reach young men in that athletic gift you've given him. Lord, I thank you for he'll have words, the right words to say at the right time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Mm. It, hey, listen, we love you. It's great you came out to church this morning. I just feel this great sense that God wants to visit his people. Uh, I want to pray for gifts. So if you want to pray for that, I would invite you to come down. If you need to get out of here, go get your kids. We love you. But man, hang around. I feel there's an atmosphere to receive this morning. Amen. So we love you very much. We'll, we'll catch you all next week.